This program has been paid for all or in part by the host, and KSEV is not responsible for its content and or products or services offered. Welcome to Frankly Talking every Friday at 6 p.m. Here at 700 AM KSEV, the voice of Texas. Like and follow Frank on Facebook.com slash Frankly Talking. Here is your host, Frank Spagnoletti. Hey, 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 this is Frank at Frankly Talking, and uh, we'll be on Facebook momentarily. Uh, we're going. Hello, good evening. It's Friday night, and we got one more... Uh, one more chapter in uh, Frankly Talking here th- this evening, and I hope you all had a decent week, although I don't know how you could. <laughs> I mean, it was it was kind of like, uh, you know, the country's kind of, I said it before and I'm saying it again, January anyway is always kind of like a letdown after the holidays and the weather gets kind of funky and we got a little bit of cold weather and, you know, after, honestly, after Christmas, I want spring to come. But uh, that's just because I live here in Houston. Uh, but anyway, the point is, I know it's it's it's, it's a funny, funny kind of time. Now tonight, we're going to be talking about something about the beyond the Great Reset. You know, I've been talking about the Great Reset for a long time on this show, ever since it was talking with Tony and Frank. I talked about it then, and then I talked about it. Through the election time, and I've talked about it from time to time during COVID, and I guess we're still in. We're not out of COVID yet. I don't know. I don't know whether we're in it or we're out of it, and I don't think anybody else does. Uh, and but yet, what I want to talk about tonight is beyond the Great Reset. But before I do that, I just want to ask you this: I saw that press conference this week with the president, and of course, you know, it was somewhat disappointing. Uh, very, very much. You wonder why you're not feeling so sparky and so upbeat. It's because, you know, that starts at the top, and and we weren't getting any energy out of the out of the podium. But the most serious thing that I I gleaned from that press conference was uh, this problem in the Ukraine, and everybody says, well, why do we even care about the Ukraine? Well. I mean, uh, <laughs> we, we basically, if nobody, if we we don't care about it, nobody else will. But it, it, what it does is it's it's a it's a testing of the United States uh, as a great power, and that we've been flunking that test uh, all year long. And what the, uh, Ukraine is is kind of a test and a dry run for Taiwan, which is the uh, the big. Uh, the big prize this year for our adversaries. Uh, you know, Korea has now become kind of a sideshow, although you can never really take your eyes off of them. Uh, it's it's Taiwan because of the uh, technology that we are dependent upon that is still in large measure produced there and exported to us, namely chips. But the problem I had this week was this with regard to what the president said. It's the fact that he did say, and you say, Frank, what do you, now you sound like him, or you sound like Kamala, because I I said it was what he did say, not what he didn't say. But in order to lead this country, sometimes less is more. 
and I know I'm talking in a riddle, but what we're talking about here is less is more because who gets on the international stage and basically tells your your, your adversary what is good and what's bad and what draws lines in the sand, so to speak, with regard to when you'll react, when you won't react, and how you will react. I mean, in this particular circumstance, we hear President Biden saying, well, it might just be an incursion uh, if it's not really a full invasion, and they will face strong economic penalties. Just parse that concept of what he just said there. One, he's given them a green light to go into the Ukraine somewhat. Uh, two, uh, he is telling them that they're going to face economic penalties. The flip side of that is that they're not going to face n- any military penalties. And if you were an advers- if you're in an adversary, you're in a negotiation, even in business, and certainly in my business, the law business, when you're negotiating a case, you don't tell the other side things like that. You leave all options available. You leave all your weapons available, that be they economic weapons, be they military weapons, be they political weapons. You leave all your your weapons available, and then the other side has to figure out which weapon you may use and which one they would be afraid of the most and which one they would want to not see used. But since they, you haven't told them, maybe that's a deterrent to them Incurring, making an incursion into the Ukraine or an invasion into the Ukraine. We've told them we're not going to use military power. Now, I'm not advocating military power be used in the Ukraine or hardly any country, really, because nobody seems to appreciate it. We don't seem to handle it right. We lose men and women in wars that we never win because we don't really fight them. And so I am have, I'm very negative with regard to using military strength in third-party countries unless it's truly an American interest that, that uh, is well-defined and our war strategy is well-defined to enter and exit and it's defined well in advance and we stick to it. And we don't have any history of that, not since Korea. But in this particular instance, we have Biden drawing the line in the sand. And so, I mean, you know that Putin's got to be sitting over there going, this guy's a real idiot. I mean, what's he saying? I mean, what's he telling me to do? In fact, that may be the biggest deterrent of all because he can't believe what the guy says because he it's so ridiculous in terms of his strategy that it might be scary to our adversaries because they might think that we're like running a disinformation campaign on them by telling them we're not going to use military weapons, by telling them we're only going to use economic weapons, and then we, you know... How can Putin trust that? <laughs> you know, and so maybe this is some kind of grand scheme, but it, on the face of it, it sure seems like a stupid uh, strategy. Seems like a stupid strategy to announce you're only going to use economic weapons. In fact, I heard that NATO wasn't even all uh, aligned in terms of how they wanted to respond to all this. And it's these kinds of missteps that actually could drag you into a more hot war or into a hot war because somebody might just misstep it so seriously that you get sucked into the vortex of a hot war that you never wanted and the other side never wanted. 
you know, the war over in Iraq basically was uh, with Saddam Hussein was because we put out the wrong signal to Saddam. We had our ambassador basically put out a signal where uh, that, that let Saddam know that we were not going to challenge him if he went into Kuwait. But it was the wrong signal. And so he went into Kuwait, and then we got sucked into that war. And how many years later were we in there until finally last year, after all that death, all that destruction, the destruction of the country, the Iraqis that died, the Americans that died, the people that died all over the Middle East because of that war for years and years and years, until Trump kind of brought it to a conclusion last year, or, you know, in his administration— uh, it was it was because of a miscue of a diplomat, and that's what's going on right now. I mean, it's ridiculous. Anyway, if you want to talk about that or anything else, you know, you can call us at two eight one five five eight five seven three eight. We got a lot of other things we want to talk about tonight, not in a sense, but one of the things I want to talk about is this beyond the great reset. Now. We've talked about what the reset is. We've talked about this on some of the shows. You all have called in and talked to me about it. But it's basically an attempt to restructure and rebuild the nation states in the world so that they are no longer real nation states, but rather just uh, the world becomes a homogeneous uh, engine. controlled by basically uh, a United Nations governing body. So the nation states, the United States becomes just like one state in the state of the world, and we no longer have a dominant and leading position to be able to dictate anything, to be able to dictate our values, to be able to dictate our freedoms, to be able to dictate our economic interests, to be able to protect our economic interests, to be able to protect our borders, to be able to protect our resources, to be able to determine what kind of energy we want to use, to no longer be able to dictate our health, no longer to be able to dictate our education, no longer to be able to do anything because what they say where this phrase began, and I keep harping on this because people in this country and even in our Congress don't understand that the phrase build back better came out of Davos and came and then went to the United Nations. And the whole concept is to tear down the structure in the United States of America and in other Western countries for the most part and really any country so that it would be reconstructed in this new kind of uh, world socialist government. And we're seeing it happen. Now, we've, we've, we've massed a lot of pushback in this country, and you're seeing a lot of it from the grassroots, which, by the way, was talked about early on after the election when people were despondent about Trump losing. And people asked me what we needed to do, and I said you need to Come uh, and and voice yourselves at the local level, which is what happened in Virginia, where people were upset, very upset with those uh, educational values that were being promulgated in Virginia, like critical race theory. 
And of course, they say they we we don't teach critical race theory. No, they, you don't. They don't teach the kids critical race theory as a concept. What they do is teach them according to the concepts of critical race theory. You see how I just parsed that as a lawyer? And most of you are saying, well, how is there any difference there? Well, the difference is you're not teaching the subject of critical race theory. You are teaching, you are using the tenets of critical race theory to teach the children uh, values. And so you're employing critical race theory in the schools. And this is what Bill Backbetter was trying to do and, 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 and the Davos uh, World Economic Forum, all tied in with Black Lives Matter, which has nothing to do really with black lives, but it has to do with this rebuilding of our country in a socialist way, in a way in which the nuclear family is destroyed, in the way in which parents lose control over their children, in the way, and, and that was kind of where, not was kind of where, that is exactly where the United States was experiencing a full-on assault on a social level in this Build Back Better, uh, Great Reset world. Of course, it went on. It's gone on in Australia. It's gone on. We see it in Canada. We see it in Western Europe, and we see it in some other countries that don't have strong, uh, strong governments. We don't see it so much in Asia because they kind of, many of them are not democracies, and they're basically run by strong men, uh, uh, or strong leaders. I guess I should say. I don't know if there are any women, but I don't know of any women. Uh, that are in the Far East that are leading the country, so I could be corrected on that. But the point is, in in Western democracies or in Western-valued countries, including countries in South America, including, including some countries in Africa, there is this attempt, to, uh, and really they've been succeeding in an attempt, to restructure the values of the country. And this is on one level, that what has helped to uh, accelerate all that has been, uh, has been the COVID virus. The country was under, been under assault. We were under assault. We were under assault by the COVID virus, which basically uh, made us try to reorder our economic system. Put, and now we're going to a break. And then I'll come back to you and we'll start talking about beyond the Great Reset. of Texas, AM 700, KSEV. Hi, this is Mike Calvert with Noble Foundation Repair. The most important thing about your home is the strength of your foundation. If you're seeing cracks in your sheetrocks and doors sticking, you may have foundation problems. Call me at Noble Foundation Repair, 832-515-3581. We use the original Permapile system that gives you a lifetime transferable warranty. Call us at 832-515-3581. For a free estimate, or to the website, noblefoundationrepair.com. The open enrollment period for medical plans is right around the corner, so get some facts and your options. In response to COVID-19, rates are expected to rise as high as 40% in some states. Are you already paying exorbitant Obamacare or COBRA rates? Are you paying ridiculous rates for your family on your workgroup plan? Are you going without insurance because you can't find anything reasonable? Your search is over. 
How does a zero-deductible, no-copay nationwide PPO plan sound? And you can get it at half the cost, keeping your hard-earned money where it belongs, in your pocket. American Medical Plans will tailor a plan that best fits you as well as your budget. American Medical Plans are local guys. Their goal is to give you peace of mind and the utmost in health care. Call American Medical Plans today to see if you qualify and start saving 30 to 60% now. Call 833-500-PLAN. That's 833-500-7526 or go to American AmericanMedicalPlans.com. That's AmericanMedicalPlans.com. It's a quality plan chosen and managed by you, not the government. Christian Collins is the proven conservative running for Congress in Texas 8th District. He's pro-life, pro-Second Amendment, and always America first. That's why he's endorsed by Ted Cruz and the House Freedom Caucus. We can't risk sending a rhino to Washington. Vote for proven conservative Christian Collins. Keep Texas great, back paid, and is responsible for the content of this advertisement. Not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. 513-334-7981. Phone lines are open now. Call 281-558-5738. That's 281-558-KSEV. Squeeze bugs. Okay, Steve, enough squeeze boxing it. Um, so we're talking. We were talking about the Great Reset. Okay, we we were, and during the break here, we were talking on uh, Facebook and said, you know, this is uh, on every level, on every level. I mean, our economic system, uh, t- uh, basically weakening the United States of America by making us dependent on another supply chain on rare earth minerals that come from China and therefore changing our system to try to change us to use electric cars or try to change us from using fossil fuels because it's not about climate change. That's another front for trying to reset the country. It's not about climate change. It's about changing the United States of America and weakening it, taking away its strength. And what about the border and an open border policy? I mean, we're basically losing our sovereignty there. That's why the whole hypocrisy about COVID-19, I can't see how with a straight face the government can try to impose any kind of mandate or dictate any kind of policy with regard to whether you get vaccinated or not vaccinated when they got hundreds and thousands of people coming across the border on a weekly and monthly basis and 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 they're just pouring in with no health tests or nothing. I heard today on one of the shows that they don't have any IDs, so they can travel on planes now by showing their arrest order from the Department of Human <laughs> Services. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that they violate that they basically got a arrest warrant, and they can show that to at T- at TSA to identify themselves. Good. I mean, that's that's just Stella. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's like you know, it's like uh, it's like like the fox watching the hen house, or it's like the the inmates taking over the asylum. Yeah, that's a better one. Yeah, yeah, it's more like the inmates have taken over the asylum. But let's talk about the the beyond the Great Reset. We understand generally, and I've talked about generally what the Great Reset is. You can look it up. 
It's this uh, Klaus Schwab fella and all the rest. And you, you know that. But Beyond the Great Reset tells us where they want to go, these people that want to restructure the world. And it ain't going to be any world that you know because we see it already, okay? We're seeing the breakdown in our society. I mean, I watched this week five episodes, four, of uh, Death Wish, which is basically... Uh, the movie about the vigilante who, whose family was is attacked and then he goes out on the streets killing people who were basically committing mayhem in whatever city he happens to be in. You know, it sounded like a crazy movie when I first saw it when I was young, but we're living it. We're living it. I mean, what's going on in those movies? People being attacked, people being killed, people being raped going on in the cities, going on in the country, uh, the the flip side of that is you create potential vigilantes who take, if, if, if their family's injured, they take the law into their own hands. And that creates a breakdown in society, which creates a situation where then they can build back differently. They're trying to build back differently. All these things with changing in the bail laws. All these things with changing the criminal justice system. So all these things are are all tied together. But that's not what is beyond the Great Reset's about. Let's assume that it's all successful and they basically t- tear down everything in the country and they've now reset us. We're now an empty slate of history. We have no more of our values. We are no longer a God-centered country. We are no longer a country of uh, families. You know, everybody it lives in a community but with no family. You're, you then talk about beyond the Great Reset. And the, the beyond the Great Reset, there are like five vectors, I'll call them, and it's in this article that I'm looking at, that come together in, in what's known as... Uh, the concept of transitional humans, okay? Transitional humans hurtling toward a technological singularity is what they want to unfold. And it's basically an integration of technology with our bodies and our brains, which means that we don't control each other anymore. We know what cyborgs are. We've seen RoboCop. These are the kinds of, this is where this is where they want to take this country and they want to take the world. There's also cultural life, which embodied the souls and of people, you know, their their spirit, and which is guided by language tools and custom. In the 20th century, there was an emergence of artificial life, which is silicone-based digital beings. Heck, we buy digital art these days. We buy digital art which means you don't buy anything. You just buy something that they say they say it's there, but you know you don't you don't get to hang it on the wall. You know you just buy it and trade it, whatever it is. It's kind of like Bitcoin or something. You know it's there, but it's not there. Presently, there are five vectors that are rapidly converging on this transhuman ideal: gene editing. And we've talked about some of this when I talked about it in other shows where they were talking about. CRISPR. We've seen gene editing with regard to 
the COVID vaccines. They're editing your genes. Then there's neuroenhancement of the brain. Then there's bionics, which is basically cyborg kind of culture. Then there's robotics, which is the digital body, okay? We, we know what kind of robotics are. We've seen some of that. And then there's artificial intelligence, which the Chinese are working on very strongly, as I'm sure the United States is, which means, you know, they were talking about having, uh, uh, doing away with umpires at baseball games and having artificial umpires at the games. And what kind of game is that? You got some artificial machine behind the plate? You mean that you mean the guy that's batting the ball can't turn around and tell the umpire to go to hell because he made a wrong call? I mean, that's part of the game. It's part of our human experience. It's part of our human interaction. I'm going to talk in a minute about a certain group of documents that chart the conversions of each of each of these things from a different angle. One after another, they confront the total transformation of human beings through technology. Cyborgs. You know, you're talking about, let's say, first in the military application, but then across the country. They're already among us, cyborgs. And commercial brain, confu- uh, commercial brain computer interfaces, that's called BCI, which is about to be uh, put into practical application. If the eyes are windows to the soul, then electrodes snaking into your gray matter will we'll be thieves slipping in the back door, and you will see the door is wide open in a sense. The UK Ministry, Ministry of Defense has put out a paper, and I've published what these papers are. They're called white papers, and they are <clears throat> basically you know, some kind of scholarly papers. These are things that used to be put out by you know, the government, like governments like the, in the UK, but also by... Uh, the intelligence agencies, but one of these white papers is called Human Augmentation, the Dawn of a New Paradigm, Strategic Implications. You see the way these things are phrased, like it's some kind of a positive thing, just like uh, uh, enhancing the viruses for studying was supposed to be a positive thing. Well, every one of these so-called positive things, which are framed in some kind of um, laudatory language turns out to be very negative for the human body and soul. And, and, and one of these is this human augmentation we're going to talk about in a minute. But right now, let's take a few calls. Let's take uh, Tracy online, too. Hey, Frank, this is very scary. Oh, yes. And I wanted to share something that, that's happening uh, where you might just walk out your front door and every house on your street now has six or seven bedrooms. And all of these people, they, they've turned them into rooming houses, but they call them co-living. It's people in their 20s who uh, want to pay about $350 a month to live in one room of a house and share the kitchen. And it'll ruin single-family R1 zoning. And but and it's also a violation of the Fair Housing Act. They let the current roommates blackball anybody else who wants to move into the house. It's illegal, and it's being promoted by somebody who's like the poor man's Bernie Madoff. 
But this could happen, and your house values will go down. And I will tell you that it's actually being promoted, and I've talked about this before. And, in fact, there was an article today about this company I'm about to mention. It's one of the largest investment companies in the world, but it's called BlackRock. And BlackRock has a concerted effort to do this to basically do away with suburban houses, to do away with private ownership of property. Because private ownership of property is the way that most average folks have been able to accumulate some measure of wealth because they get the increased value over the years on their houses so that when they retire, they have a nest egg of sorts and it's, and they have a place to live and they they basically have accumulated their wealth that way through that investment, and also uh, they have their dignity and they have their individuality, and and, and that exactly. is not accepted, nor is that where they want us to be. They do not want. When I say they, I'm talking about people who are trying to restructure our societies. Do not want that, and it is very and they scary. Say in 2030. You will own nothing, and you will like it. Yeah. And so this is, and what you know, they the progressive use words like affordable housing, and just like they talk about the Voting Rights Act, that was that is really not really about that at all. But it's all word spin, and you could just wake up that all the the uh, uh, millennials and the Gen X people who just don't want to own anything. Right. That's yeah. right. No, and that's right. Well, 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 let me just say, uh, uh, if I lived to 2030, which is no, uh, every, uh, we all have, we don't know what, when our time will come. But if I were to live to 2030 and they're telling me I'm going to own nothing, uh, that would only be because I made bad decisions or I was unlucky and I lost whatever things, little things that I might have accumulated in life. Uh, and and because I decided to accumulate it, or if I lost it, it was by a bad decision or bad luck, or someone took it from me. But I'm not yeah. going to give it up voluntarily. And in this country, I really don't think, I mean, they talk about an insurrection. They will cause an insurrection in this country if they start trying to take people's private property. Uh, but they're doing it in a very sneaky way. So that you don't really, you're not really giving it up. They're taking it. Anyway, let me take another call. Thank you, Tracy. And uh, we're watching your Kansas City Chiefs. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yes, we're going to harvest some buffalo hides at 5.30. <laughs> well, we're going to take a look and see if you're right. But anyway, have a good weekend. <laughs> we'll talk to you. <laughs> take care. Okay, Rusty on line one. How you doing again, Frank? I'm okay, Rusty. Yeah, you're sounding good. You're going to, well, hey, I'm a year older than you are, and, uh, you know, I, I want to see 2030. That's not, that's not that old. Well, the I older mean, I get, I'm thinking know. 130 isn't that old. <laughs> well, my grandmother, she hit 100, but uh, nobody else has made it that far. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, let's talk about socialism and uh, you know, socialism is actually the way the government controls business, right? 
Well, I mean, I think that there's some socialist aspects to our economy today. That's that's correct. Yeah, oh, we have social structure for sure. You know, but uh, you know, man, it's weird how the internet has suddenly taken over social behavior. You know, it's crazy. Right, right. But, well, I, I mean, one a friend of mine, lawyer, who's really doing a good thing, has a case down in the state courthouse. Uh, where he is uh, helping out this other woman lawyer who's on this uh, appropriate vendetta uh, in, in, in tapping into Facebook, having commercials or advertisements that uh, essentially uh, promote, uh, you know, uh, pedophile behavior and tra- traffic, trafficking of children and things like that. And, and and there's a lawsuit involving that. I don't know all the details of it, but social media, again, it oh, sounds yeah. like a positive thing, but there's a negative side to it. One, you lose but your see, pro- see, that's what I was wanting to kind of talk about. I mean, I mean, we do have to have education, and yeah. and you know, we actually from time and memorial, we've been having to take away kids from their parents and teach them things yeah but you don't take you, know, you don't take the kids away from the parents and you, you well send, no you send them to school right and right you tell but, the parents you tell the parents these kids have got to go to school yes education away is, from you because you don't know nothing well you're entitled to do homeschooling but most of the time parents had to work but then they did and you're right they instituted a program whereby children had to go to school in order to become educated. But what they were to be educated in were, were tools in order for them to be productive adults in the sense of, of reading, writing, and arithmetic, not trying well, see, to... That's, not that's, trying to that, that's what happened to the American Indian, you know? <laughs> well, they, well, they wouldn't do business in English. Right. And, and you've heard... You've heard well. You can't have like, a you can't have a country unless you have a unified language. Otherwise, you got what what's in the Bible is the Tower of Babel. Nobody can well, you ta- know, the blacks, talk to each other. The blacks say sometimes, "Well, don't act white," and and you know a lot of that has to do with an education. But I guarantee you, there's a lot of parents you need to to take. I mean, I am all for this Build Back Better. I say the three or, and four year olds. You know, let's get them to school as quick as we can. Well, I, I, there's no doubt that, that 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 the kids should be in school. They need the social interaction. But there is something wrong with telling them, uh, like I saw in another article in one of the school districts, where they basically were were without the parents knowing, trying to trying to advocate a, a transsexual transformation in 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 some young girl. And they, they would well, have crazy. they had these clubs to talk about this, you know, trans you're transing yourself into the other sex. And that's the point. These teachers have when gotten was, out of line. They need to teach writing reading, writing and arithmetic, science and history and real history. Real history. Uh and and not all this garbage where they're trying to socially restructure our children and our families. Well, well, we, we need more. I mean, to grow, we're going to have to have immigrants. But let me tell you, there yeah, was, sure. when I was 20, there was a woman, I mean, a little just a couple of years older than me, and she always told me, oh, look at him. Look at her kid. He is so gay, you know. 
And uh, I mean, he didn't have any choice, I bet, but but to become gay. I mean, it was the weirdest. As I look back, that was the weirdest situation. People learn from what they see. Hey, did you ever see that movie about that uh, tribe uh, finding a Coke bottle? No. And how that changed their life? No, but I can imagine it would because it would well, be a kind of refreshing on a hot day. They didn't know what it was. <laughs> I mean, they... Well, they I, I, I would think it was gold, man. I used to love Coke in a, like a, a glass bottle. Of they six were doing all Cokes kinds of things of with it. it. It actually changed this tribe's life. No, I understand. And this one man, he was going to take it to the edge of the earth and throw it off because it, he, 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 he was superstitious about it. But... There was a saying in that movie. It said, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, you come upon a tribe of people, and just by the fact that you see them, you, you know, you try not to change them. They're, right. You know, but, you know, just the fact well, that they've seen you, that's going to change well, that, their life that, forever. That's, and it's true, my friend. i got to go. But, but that's thank you very much. But that's what they... That's what they. That's what. That's what travel does for you. That's what education does for you. That's what reading does for you. That's what education does for you. And Francis Riley, what are you going to do for us? What do you got to say about any of this? Uh, Frank, I, you know this is all a bunch of horse uh, horse uh, poop. Um, you know all these. This fourth industrial revolution about trying to modify people is always all of these. The consistent theme is, we're going to make your life better. We're going to hook you to the Internet. We're going to make you smarter. It's always so we're going to make you better, but the real intent is to control you. We have medical tyranny with, with COVID. Did they help anybody? Did they save any lives? We don't know. People have been vaccinated. Now they're on the system to get more boosters. So now you're locked into that. Now you're under control. It, it, global warming. Global warming, so we're going to get rid of our cars. We want more control. Welfare, more control. When, um, when are people going to stand up and say, we don't need you to make our lives better? Self-driving self cars. Self-driving cars. They drive me insane just looking at them. They make me upset. That stupid commercial from GM when those two idiots are sitting in the front seat clapping their hands while they're driving down the highway. I feel like, I mean, if I saw somebody doing that, I'd go in the other direction. I what, mean, it's ridiculous. What made America? I like to drive. It gives me self. It gives me independence. What made America great was the power of the people, the entrepreneurship, individualism, the, free, the individualism, the free will, and the brain power. Okay, and now but, they want to control everybody, take it all away for what? But look at those words you just said, Francis: individualism, free will, freedom of choice. Okay. And what does that all say? That those are all Judeo-Christian principles. Correct. They are all, and that's why Western civilization has been able to advance people's rights and people's freedoms around the world more than any other civilization that the world has known in its history. Thank you, Greece. Greece, Rome, Rome. Western Europe. Exactly. All right, we're going to a break. CV, the flagship station of True Conservative Talk Radio, AM 700, the voice of Texas. With PatriotSoftware.com, accounting and payroll, keep your time and money. Oh, oh, oh. Mike Cappell here, serial entrepreneur. 
In 2016, one of my employees accidentally clicked through an online vendor's contract, which recommitted my company to an additional 12 months of their service. I called the vendor to explain the accident. Nope. They pointed to their ironclad contract, told me to pay or else. I will pay them, but after 12 months, I'm gone. I've been in business over 30 years and I've never made my customers sign a long-term contract. Never. And now, my fifth successful company, Patriot Software, offers payroll to business owners with 1 to 100 employees and there's no long-term contract. And if you need help with your payroll, we will help you for free. Go to PatriotSoftware.com, use promo code RADIO, and get two months of payroll free. That's PatriotSoftware.com. In 2020, Governor Abbott declared an emergency and issued illegal executive orders that shut down tens of thousands of small businesses, causing them to go bankrupt. Millions lost their jobs. Abbott banned church services, forbidding Christians from worshiping. Abbott shut down schools and issued worthless mask mandates. Hello, I'm Dr. Steve Hotsey, president of Conservative Republicans of Texas. Abbott acted like a tin-pot dictator, so I sued him several times over his unconstitutional actions. Abbott backed down, but he's proven that he's untrustworthy to protect our liberties. That's why conservative Republicans of Texas endorses Don Huffines for governor. A former state senator and successful entrepreneur, Don Huffines is a leader who will protect our God-given freedoms. Vote for Don Huffines for governor. Political ad paid for by conservative Republicans of Texas. Phone lines are open now. Call 281-558-5738. That's 281-558-KSEV. Against evil forces singing Whiskey for my men Beer for my horses Singing whiskey for my men Beer for my horses Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Karen, hold on there. I'm going to take you in one second. But I want to read just this. Here's the, we're going to talk about this over a couple of shows, but this whole concept, because it's not that simple. But transhumanist ambitions are made possibly are made possible by military technology. No kidding. So is things like COVID-19 made possible by military technology. In fact, I read something this week, and I don't know if it's true or not, but maybe somebody ought to check it out. That Peter Dadzik guy that was with EcoHealth Alliance that got the grant from Fauci and then gave the money to the Wuhan lab. There were articles this week saying that he was working for the CIA, that he was actually on their payroll. Gee, I don't know if that would surprise me or not. I don't know if it's true. Somebody ought to ask him. In the 1960s, the first serious efforts to create a, to create a brain-computer interface were funded by the U.S. Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. I bet you didn't even know we had such an agency. Write it down. It's called DARPA. <clears throat> Two decades later, guess what? 
It wasn't Al Gore. The Internet was developed to make communication lines redundant in case of a nuclear war. Again, technology coming out of the military that's now pervasive. Human Augmentation, a new paradigm, is a paper that was commissioned by the UK's Ministry of Defense and follows various technological threads to their logical conclusion. A central goal is to merge minds and machines in an intimate intimate human artificial intelligence symbiosis. Here's a quote. The ability ability to enhance one's physical, psychological, and social capability has been a source of power throughout history, and warfare is the epitome of this dynamic. Human augmentation, augmentation means enhancing, will become increasingly relevant partly because it can directly enhance human capability and behavior and partly because it is the binding agent between people and machines. Future wars will be won, not by those with the most advanced technology, but by those who can most effectively integrate the unique capabilities of both people and machines. Thinking of a person as a platform and understanding our people at at an individual level is fundamental to successful human augmentation. Beyond cyborg super soldiers, which we see around, we've seen some of them, the principle of transcending human limitation through technology is also being applied to civilian populations. One critical concept is that of standard tools and transformative technologies, from the abacus to smartphones to brain implants, and they're all on the same spectrum, and we're all going on that spectrum. Let's take Karen on line one or three. Hey, Frank, i got two questions. Sure. Um, you know anything about Don Huffines? He's not going to be taking a salary. He's bringing his own furniture, and <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess he's going to be paying all his own bills. Uh, and also, are we going to go to war with Russia? Because that's not going to be... Uh, that's gonna not make my day. I would tell you this: uh, uh, the first, uh, my first, the first question you asked, do I know anything about Don Hoffines? I do. Uh, he's a, he's a you know very conservative fella. Uh, he basically uh, has served before, I think, in the uh, in the House in the Senate in the, in Texas, I believe. He was a state senator. Uh, <clears throat> um, and he apparently has his own financial abilities. Uh, but other than that, I just know what I've seen on the commercials. And, you know, you need to, you know, make your choice as to who you'd want for governor. I mean, it seems to me that we know what we have with with Abbott, and he hadn't done a ha- half-bad job, but there's a lot of things that I wished he would have done more and more strongly. I certainly like Alan West and, uh, you know, any one of them, uh, Hoffines. Um, I don't know that much about him. I don't know whether I like him or don't like him, but uh, I, any of them, anything are better is better than Magic Dirt Beto. Uh, oh, God, yeah. But 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 you also then asked about war with Russia, and uh, you know I tend to focus all the time on international things more than local things. You listen to the show, and you know I don't talk that much about local stuff unless it's directly something hot like when they were masking us down and Hidalgo was putting in place all these orders so 
on the, I like to talk about international things, Karen. I'm glad you asked the question. Uh, I think that uh, there's there's a very unlikely, very almost zero chance that this government and uh, or NATO will go to a hot war with Russia uh, over the Ukraine. But the problem is that we've already told the Russians that. And what you don't want to do is tell your enemy what you won't do, because if they think you might do it, see, this, is, this was the, the, the beauty of Trump. They, he, they never knew what he was going to do. They thought he was half crazy. And then, and then, and then, when they did something, like in uh, Afghanistan, he dropped the mother of the Moab bomb on them, and they shut the hell up for, for a long time. And then, when the when the Iranians got out of control, uh, he he wiped out Soleimani with an airstrike, and that was the end of him. And they and all of them piped down. You didn't see any of them challenging him anymore because they never knew what he was going to do. And so he, he, I mean, and and. The, the reason you have military strength is not to use it, but as a deterrence. But if you're going to tell your enemies that you're not going to use your strength, then, then you don't have a deterrence anymore. I mean, say, I'm going to use economic sanctions against you. Really? I mean, do you really think that, that Europe won't cheat on those sanctions and won't continue to do business with the, with the Russians? You really think European banks are going to not let all that money f flow through their coffers? I mean, it's just absurd. What do you have to say, Francis Riley, to Karen's question? Hey, is Putin oh, just shaking in his boots over that? No, I don't think. I think Putin's probably eating some <laughs> caviar and and you know has some dancing girls. That's probably what. And Putin's some Russian doing. vodka. And <laughs> Russian vodka and caviar and dancing girls is probably what Putin's doing. What just waiting? Probably laughing his ass. Wait, waiting until the ground freezes so that his tanks can roll without getting stuck in the mud. <laughs> No, I'm serious. I'm not kidding. I'm oh not kidding. My God. Anyway, that's where I think we are with all that, Karen. Thanks for Thanks. calling. Okay. What do you Thanks. got to say, Francis? Riley? You know, it's interesting. Uh, a few years ago, Putin had enough of the central bank in Russia, and um, really tried to to get rid of those those guys. And and we've seen that try to happen around the world. But it's it's on the flip side. You have Joe Biden, a big central bank promoter that's threatening economic sanctions. And I'm not so sure this wasn't the entire intent from the gate. I'm not so sure that they haven't baited Putin into this situation. And, 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 and it, we, you know, we just don't know what to believe. We, we have well, so much yeah, I'm not so sure they haven't bribed the Western countries to let them go take the Ukraine back. Uh, you, you could go either way. It's just absolutely insane we don't know as a populace. We're going to find going out. That's right. Look at this here on Facebook. You can't see it here on the radio, but I have a picture here of, of, of the future. Okay? There's a picture right there. It looks like something out of RoboCop. We'll put that up on the website some point. But what's the advantage of this new transhuman? Increased strength, speed, and endurance. Enhanced sensory functions and range. Improved attention, vigilance, and memory. Increased perception and situational awareness. Enhanced decision-making. More efficient learning. Social performance. Improved communication. Better group cohesion. Stronger units. 
not stronger individuals, not respect for creativity or individuality, stronger units. Health and combat readiness, improve health and well-being, fast recovery from injuries and wounds, enhanced resilience and perseverance. At the core of future military advantage will be uh, the at the core of future military advantage will be effective integration of humans, artificial intelligence, and robotics into war fighting systems, human machine teams the exploit, that exploit the capabilities of people and technologies to outperform our opponents. I mean, this is RoboCop in real life, you understand? We've seen some of these shows, a couple movies I've seen the last year, where they've actually done this with regard to soldiers. That's what they're talking about here. But we're going to talk about more things. we got about a minute left on the show and, until we get off for uh, uh, the, the weekend, which, by the way, have a great weekend. Uh, we're going to continue on talking about this transhumanism and these different aspects to the beyond the Great Reset, because this is where they want to take us. And they got to tear down you and me and the United States of America in order to get there. And I say no. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Listening to Frankly Talking here on 700 AM KSEV. Listen us next week, like every Friday at 6 p.m. on Frankly Talking, a radio show for Texas with your host Frank Spagnoletti.